there it is. Hey, we're recording. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so um, uh, welcome, welcome uh, to uh, for the Love VW podcast. Yeah, thank you for asking me to be on. It's a pleasure. Awesome. Um, so I've been asking everyone uh, that's been on so far uh, a little bit about themselves and like maybe where they're from geographically. So would you mind just giving us a few words on that in the first place? Yeah, yeah, that's no problem. Uh, so yeah, um, I'm Damien. Uh, I live in Huddersfield. So uh, I know one of um, your fellow podcasters, uh, Rob, uh, is from that uh-huh. area. Well, he supports Huddersfield Town, so I'm assuming he's from Huddersfield, the UTT podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah, from Huddersfield, West Yorkshire, uh, which is UK for any uh, American listeners. Uh, I'm 43, so uh, not the not the youngest, uh, uh, probably uh, AEW fan, but um, uh, yeah, um, and been watching wrestling ever since i i don't know wrestlemania 3 so whenever that was <laughs> a long time but i have had a big break so uh we'll yeah. get to that a bit more later absolutely uh good vintage mate i'm around the same so yeah uh like oh, a yeah. fine wine <laughs> <laughs> yeah hopefully <laughs> like chris jericho oh exactly yeah he seems to be getting better he definitely is he definitely is um thank you so much for sharing that um so my very first question to you is uh, just about uh, how did you find out about AEW and could you tell us like just about the process that led you like to being a fan? Um, yeah, so I mean, I'd, I'd watched AEW since its inception. Um, I would say the first thing I really knew about any of the key people in it, like the Young Bucks um, was All In, um, mm. when, when All In started. Um uh, obviously, that uh, quite a lot of people had heard about All In, and it, you know, he got a lot of buzz. Um, uh, but yeah, I'll be honest, I didn't really know who Kenny Omega was, didn't know who Young Bucks was. And um, when I watched All In, probably didn't know a high percentage of that roster on that night. Um, but then after that, I got into BTE um, off the back of mm. All In. I think actually I was watching BTE just before All In because it was like, you know, through the buzz of it and everything. Yeah. And just carried on watching BTE. And then I think, yeah, was it around New Year's Day when they announced the trademark and all the rest? And and then, Actually. yeah, from then and on, it was just any bit of news I was, you know, um, following about um, AEW. And then they had the big press com- conference with Jericho and, uh, you know, quite a few of us. And, yeah, ever since, I'll say since day one, if not before, I've been uh, sort of aware of it in a way. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, like, just listening to your timeline there, because um, I missed All In. Um, I came in a, a little bit later on, like, later that summer. So I went back and watched all of the BTEs leading up to the famous Tokyo Dome uh, meeting outside and, you know, Cody and the Bucks and Hangman and then the, the AEW sign scene for the first time. Uh, uh, but, that you know, I, I viewed that, like, I don't know, maybe seven months later, but even seven months later, after you know it had actually happened, I could feel the excitement of that. You know that very first time he turns around his phone and the AEW symbols there. Yeah, oh, yeah what yeah. a moment! <laughs> oh, I know. Well, we <laughs> didn't know at the time how much that would mean. I suppose. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, how did you? Just out of interest, then, how did you find out about all it? Was it through the internet or was it through like wrestling buddies? Um, yeah, it was. It was a, basically I. Um... I'd not been watching wrestling for for a lot of years, and then um, 
just uh, through Facebook groups and such and, and local friends who still watch it. Was, uh, they got me back interested by uh, NXT. Oh, yeah. Say, there was, I'd got the network and I was sort of watching some of the old stuff wasn't really too fussed about a lot of the new stuff and they were going you know give us nxt a watch yeah so um i really i really started enjoying the matches it just seemed like the style had completely changed hmm. um, and then yeah then um one of one of those guys like oh this um all in cody Rhodes and um young button obviously i did, again as i said i didn't know who they were he says they're putting on this show it's like omega um i can't remember who else was involved originally um and so that's when I said, oh, I'll have a look into that. And and that was it, really. Yes, yeah, so it was more like word of mouth through like fellow yeah. wrestling fans. Because um, yeah. I think by that time, I wasn't even on Twitter. I was on Twitter, <laughs> but never for wrestling. I was on Twitter yeah. for, funnily enough, just D&D. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, before that, I used to play a bit of a D&D game. So um, yeah. I was on Twitter li- literally solely for that. And I'd not been really using that for a couple of years. And then I thought, right, well, you know, I think I'm trying to think when I actually started using Twitter for actual wrestling and following wrestling accounts and and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, word of mouth and and just people who who know a lot more about wrestling than I do. <laughs> yeah, one of the one of my great joys of like like being an AEW fan is um, the Venn diagram of like. Dungeons and Dragons overlapping with wrestling, <laughs> and, and the, the sort of obvious example is Brandon Cutler with his like D twenty entrance and all yeah, that. But, um, yeah. but you've also got, um, you know, they've got a Twitch stream, don't they? Like Orange and the, like Best is that Friends, the Critical Botch one. I don't know. I, I don't know exactly because I think there's a few different groups out there. Because I know uh, I also heard recently on um, what cultures like podcasts like Adam Melbourne's on. Some sort yeah, of he's like got one. yeah, thing. I heard that. Yeah, I used to watch yeah. um, uh, you know, have you heard of Fun House? Um, the the more gay, it's a gaming channel on YouTube. But J- James Willems, okay. who does the podcast with Scorpio Sky, if you've ever, oh. um, he's a member of Fun House, and they used to do D and D as well. So yeah. yeah, I think there's quite a lot of D and D out there now, which is good. But I can't imagine, like when I was when I was into wrestling, my first flush of wrestling, you know, the Hulk Hogan. Like late 80s era i can't really imagine that like like being allowed to be mentioned on like wwf television in association (laughs) with wrestling yeah it's come full circle (laughs) embrace the geekdom of wrestling (laughs) totally totally um no thanks very much for that that's awesome to hear um so my next question is just about what makes aew what is it about it that's special for you um and really, this is like I'm trying to capture. I'm just, I'm trying to capture this unique moment in history where EW is still less than two years old, and I sort of feel there's something still quite special about it. Um, yeah. So yeah, like tell me like your own thoughts about why is it? Why is that a special thing to you? Well, it's. Um, I mean, for me, one of the main things is that I got to get in on the ground floor. So I wasn't playing catch up like like I said. I started with NXT, but NXT I didn't have the history of you know Gargano, Champa, or whatever. I, I sort of that was sort of like happening as I started watching. Whereas with AEW, I've got in and, and all the feuds and all the wrestlers and all the things start from zero. So that's been really good. But in truth, that's not the the, the only reason because I started watching NWA Power as well, and that mm. was sort of similar in terms of that was 
brand new and everything was new in that. But I never got into that. I sort of watched mm-hmm. a few episodes and fell out, but with AEW, I've been hooked. Um, so definitely, I think being in on the ground floor helped. The other thing is, is that uh, they do a lot of like online things, you know, like you've got your vlogs, BT obviously is like the, the, one of the main ones, but Sammy's vlog, there's the um, Ethan Page do, does one, and they're quite active on other sort of like ones, obviously Twitter. A lot of wrestlers are more active on Twitter now. Um, but I think a lot of the AEW ones, because they're also, you know, they're all, not all of them are indie based, but a lot of them came from the indies and some still, you know, wrestle on the indies. And so they're, they're still more active on, on that. And you just feel like you you sort of, you know, know them a bit more personally in a, in a weird way, yeah. um, which, you know, obviously years ago you had the kayfabe and it was all like, you know, you'd, you'd never get that side. Whereas now I think it's embraced a little bit more and they can yeah. use it to their advantage. And I think they do that really well. So, and the yeah. other thing as well is, the, you know, the, they do a phenomenal job for me of just keeping everybody hot. There's very rare, that I think there's a wrestler that I think, oh, I'm not bothered about them. You know, there's, mm-hmm. even Brandon Cutler and, um, yeah, uh, who was the other guy who had the losing streak? Pierre Avalon. You know, yeah. they shouldn't have been, you know, they shouldn't have been hot at all, but because they had the losing streak, <laughs> they built that into a story and it just yeah. makes it like Fuego del Sol. He's on a 30 yeah. odd match losing streak, but he's still over. You know, they've got a totally. gift of doing, you know, something totally. clever like that as just keeping everybody over and keeping everybody up, which is phenomenal. Those are such great points. Like, I hadn't really ever thought of that, but like, the whole cast of characters right down the card like that i totally what you're saying there chimes with me um like for example this this faction that they brought together recently with um one of the people you mentioned there peter avalon and oh, the uh, wingmen <laughs> the wingmen yeah. and i'm just like so so i love those guys like and, and yeah. they're such a mid lower mid card act Sorry, guys, if you hear this, but, you know, they just so are. But I freaking love them, like, you know, because they've got, like, the little bits of storytelling that sort of link them all. Um, and, yeah, they're all, like, total losers, but, like, I think they're awesome. Like, I want to be part of their yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, and I think they have the, the freedom as well to to have a little bit of improvisation with, with a little, you know, the little backstage bits or on the vlogs and stuff you see them, which I think just makes it so much better, you know, if, yeah. if they just came on for a two-minute scripted bit, yeah. it wouldn't work, whereas you can tell the sort of having banter and friendship with each other, which which makes a big difference. I think that's the other thing that you said that, I, again, that's not really come up in previous conversations, but it's such a good point is it feels like you're seeing a part of the wrestlers, like their true selves. Mm. Like, because I think exactly as you say, because most of them are from the Indies and also because they're not regulating so much, like the interact, the interactions with fans. And also because they just have to come up with their promos themselves, more or less. Yeah. It, yeah. it feels like you're hearing from a person and um, because you're seeing them on their journey as well, their personal journey that definitely, like, I see the human side of these people and it just makes me connect with them in a way that's way more deep than, like, like you say, like, you could, I can watch wrestling and enjoy it, you know, like, I watch WWE pay-per-views with my mates because they're still really hot on on them and the matches are really good, you don't have to, like, acknowledge that, the actual wrestling is great, but 
the number of times I really connect with a story is like so rare. Yeah, and yeah. I think it, I think it's because they've removed that personal like part of it that you have hit on right there. Um, and it's just uh, just occasionally a bit of personality will burst through, like when um, you know Bianca Belair like lifts Sasha Banks up and like the slams her or something. Yeah. And I go like, oh yeah, great. And it's like, but like I feel like in AEW, I get those moments like every week like multiple yeah. times and on the vlogs and in Twitter interactions as well. So yeah, I so I totally agree with you. That's a really unique thing, like for me, about mm. um connection with the, the, the people themselves. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um so a quick fire question next. Um so I, I used to ask this as one question, your favorite EW match and star. Um, I had to rapidly revise it because everyone gave me at least three. So um, <laughs> your top three AEW matches. Top three, all right. And maybe your maybe your favorite star, and maybe just a little bit about like why those matches mean so much to you and why the you know the star. Um, yeah. You. So I'd say oh, it's really hard to pick favorite. Match. Oh, it so is. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I would say my favorite one. I'm gonna to have to go with um because I'm a big tag team fan, the uh, the Young Bucks versus FTR oh, championship match. Great just, choice. They just they just I mean I I'm a big Young Bucks fan because again, I, like I said, I didn't really know about them. And you yeah. just see what they do and you know, they, they kick off nearly every dynamite because they just get everything everybody buzzing after they've gone because it's just such a tremendous like work rate to do and yeah. everything about them. But that, that match of FTR, obviously FTR of coming in there, all the, the sort of bruisers, all old school style, was it? Um, kicks, not flips, or I can't remember. That's right. Best My memory's terrible. Yeah, yeah. And um, just like them hitting like the different tag team finishes on, oh. on each other and just how they built the story and then just how... Like, like the FTR guys are phenomenal, and I, I, they really deserve another run with the title um, because they, you know, them independently and together are just like great wrestlers. But yeah, some of the um, one of like Nick Jackson's best hot tags was in that match as well. Like Nick Jackson generally does a great hot tag, but he just did a phenomenal one. Um, I can't, I'm trying to think of some of the moves they did. Like the 3D was in there. Oh, they yeah. did um, the. Twist of Fate, Swanton thing, um, the Hardy Boys. Heart attack. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, I forgot that one. Um, What's the, and they, they did the Legion of Dooms finisher, the oh, Doomsday device. Yeah, Doomsday device, yeah. It was it was everything. It was like, and, and then, as soon as they did it, it was like pop, pop, you know, just all the way going <laughs> through. And um, there was some like really good selling because I think there was a point, I want to say it was Dax. Mm-hmm. He, he looked like he fell awkward or something and you know mm-hmm. when you you watch the match and you genuinely think they're they're injured you're still not yeah. sure and you just add that so that added to the drama of it because you're yeah. like i think he's actually injured but he's doing this and i'm not sure if he's injured and back and forth with all that and then with the finish with um was it cash where cash. he uh, tried to do the flip and that lost him and you just like <laughs> you went to that level and that's not their level and and that yeah. what cost them the match it just 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 great storytelling through yeah. you know, a wrestling match which is what basically aw do you know yeah. better than anybody for me that's so so true what a phenomenal match that was what a, an amazing love letter to tag team wrestling that was yeah yeah and then I, I think what the one thing that i because I think FTR came in and I was like really hyped for it, but of course there weren't wasn't a crowd there, 
and they built it quite slowly and unconventionally but actually mm. now looking back on it like that was such a phenomenal phenomenal match like and i totally agree like ftr like just blew blew that out of the water like that's one of like my favorite matches of all time yeah yeah so uh, i'll go for that for number one um number two i'm gonna go for pack versus orange at revolution oh um, awesome awesome that was just just one of the main reasons obviously orange is just orange Cassidy is so over and he deserves to be because just of his nature and 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 i think up until that point you not really got any glimpse of his like in-ring skill um, but because I'd miss I'd miss wrestling for quite a long time, and I was sort of felt like I was playing catch up. I, I would go on uh, YouTube and just watch a lot of all a lot of wrestling clips of just anybody. And yeah, Orange, Orange Cassidy came up because um, I was watching with my daughter; she's seven, and oh, yeah. uh, it was him <laughs> with Gentleman Jervis. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Match. Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. She loves that match. You know, like it's yeah. one of her favorite matches because it's just like a sweet comedy wrestling match. Yes. And, um, but then yeah, I got. Uh, and then, so I'd watched quite a few Orange Cassidy matches just via YouTube, and I had seen he he doesn't just do the comedy shtick. He st- he has got a bit of a, a go about him. Once he gets going, he can do all the flips and he can do all the moves, and he's got a bit of catch wrestling style and he's got a bit of skill. So I knew I knew this match was going to be something, and Pack is a perfect person for that match. Pack like just makes everybody look brilliant, including himself, but. He, he doesn't ever put a foot wrong, so he knew Patch. Uh, sorry, Pack was gonna just nail him, and and yeah, he just he just you know you still had the crowd then, and just seeing people reacting to Orange Cassidy like just finally letting go and doing you know doing some moves and getting one over on Pack, and and it, you know you it, it, oh just I don't know just so close yeah. to thinking Orange were gonna win that match. Yes, yeah. I um, thought he was gonna win. Because I mean, to be fair, his record since that match has been pretty damn good. But yeah, um, but yeah he could have won that match, and it, it was, the near falls were so brilliant because because yeah. generally you're like he can't win this match surely because Pack was still riding you know like potential world title you know uh, wave was Pack because he'd beaten Omega just about I think he think he lost to Omega um, in the Iron Man. But yeah, and just yeah, just just seeing some like Orange Cassidy, and there was a lot of derision and a lot of negativity about him from from certain areas of the internet. You know, like is a you know, and just to see him come out and sort of prove everybody wrong in a way, not everybody, yeah. but you know, a lot of people wrong. a hundred percent. Great, just just to see him like yeah. unleash and, and just put on a, and it was a great match, you know, on a great pay per view. So it was tre- tremendous. Yeah, but, <laughs> I think um, Revolution twenty twenty that. It's like a lot of AEW fans' favorite pay per view so far. It's just a very special, yeah, very very special pay per view. Um, what I, I mean, I also just like adore that match. Like I just adore it, and um, I, <laughs> for all the reasons you've said, it's like I just love the fact that we saw Orange go, like Pack, just perfectly sold, like Orange's like comedy shtick, and like mm. threw it back in his face. And like brutalized him, and then the biggest pop of the entire match was was like Orange rolling out of the ring three times to avoid like Pack's finisher. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, the black arrow. Like, yeah. the, the the third time, like honestly, like the third time he rolled to the side of the ring, and the noise the crowd made, I thought to myself, this is this is the evolution of wrestling. This is like 
It's like, you know, in Pokemon when they like level up and get an extra limb or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Honestly, like that moment, I was like, this is this is the evolution of wrestling. Like yeah. uh, uh, what a phenomenal moment. Like, ah, oh, just uh unbelievable. Just unbelievable match. Yeah. And oh, the last one. <sighs> I've got two in my head. Um oh give me both of them then. Go on. One's a parking lot brawl. Oh, which okay. is understandable because it you know, they say, you know, it's said about AEW, which I agree with, but it's basically, it's a buffet of wrestling. You've got all, you've got sort of death match almost style. You've got then your comedy stuff. You've got your high intensity, high flying. Then you've got your brawlers. You've got your big men. You know, it's got, it's got ev- something for everybody, basically. And I yeah. thought the parking lot brawl was quite a good collection of difference because you had, you had some comedy elements. You had some sort of dangerous elements. Uh, you had surprises in there. Um, obviously, you had great wrestling in there, and, and again, it, it sort of technically it was a tag team, you know, match as well. Um, and Santana Ortiz were great coming out in the face paint. Yeah. Orange Cassidy popping out of the, uh, the, the boot <laughs> in, uh, in it. Um, oh, just yeah. Get, uh, um, who was it? Was it Trent who got put through the windscreen? Windshield? Yeah, I think I think so. it was Trent, I wasn't think so, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that so. looks so dangerous, and uh, I just. Yeah, that just just a phenomenal, um, and that was on TV as well. It wasn't even a pay per view; it was a it was a TV match, and that that's another thing that AEW have done phenomenal is TV. You know, like there's been so many times I watched Dynamite, and I'm like, this could have been a pay per view. There's been oh, absolutely three, four matches absolutely. on here that were pay per view quality matches. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, definitely got to go that that one, and then one relatively early on was um, it was another TV match was. Um, Riho versus Nyla Rose. Yeah. Um, I've I, I can't remember. Like I remember it being great, and I remember yeah. again being like, can't believe that was a TV match because I thought they worked so well together, Riho and Nyla Rose. They just yeah. obviously the size difference makes a big thing, but just a lot of a selling from Riho, um, and Nyla as well doing some of the like you know some of Riho's when she does a lot of uh, the moves where she'll do the, um, oh. What's it called? The legs around the head. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, um, is it a poison runner? Uh, no, because that's like the. Uh, oh god, I'm terrible at remembering wrestling moves. Um, hurricane uh, runner. Yeah, hurricane runner. That's the one. Yeah, when when she's doing that, or Nyla does the the one where she she flips. She sort of like. Um, bends Riho over the ropes and then jumps off a turnbuckle and does that thing yeah. and that and that looked horrible in that match. It yeah. just looked so good. Does that move? Um, yeah. And yeah, and, and re- like yeah, re- I think I'm trying to think that wasn't a title switch, was it? Because that was on pay per view. The title switch. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to remember because um, they they did they have the very first title match the two of those. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, Riho won it first, didn't she? That's right. And I remember Nyla taking it because I remember when Nyla took it off Riho, which I don't think was that then. She did the sort of Jericho bubbly thing where she went in the back and she started berating everybody, yeah. um, which is quite good. <laughs> I, like, I like that little touch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that one. But yeah, I need to go back and find when that was because I remember loving it at the time. And for me, yeah. it was. I know it was. It was one of those Wednesday nights when. Um, NXT had a good night and AEW had a good night. And I remember thinking that was the best match of the night by far. So yeah. I need to go back and watch that one because I do remember it being a, like, a tremendous, especially for a TV match. 
Those are tremendous choices, man. What a great, mm. what a great taste. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I, go, going back to the parking lot brawl, I think the thing that I, it was just an amazing match. I totally agree. Like, what a match that was. But the ending with Sue driving up in her oh, car the and thing. then flipping them off. Oh, yeah. And then, and then it was just, I mean, I was in stitches at like <laughs> 3 a.m. or whatever it was. And then just hearing Shivani, like, just like, you know, collapse into like a like a heap yeah just he, like he, he obviously didn't know that was coming he was just reacting to it naturally and i just thought what a freaking um, amazing moment just what a great moment sue being, um, sue being in AD, aw is just tremendous every time exactly uh, when she uh she turned up recently for the what was the um arcade anarchy whatever it was that's right and, arcade uh, anarchy. yeah and she dropped she was dropping trent off for that she dropped trent off <laughs> <laughs> Give her a kiss on the cheek and everything. Listen, listen, this is this is a bit sad, right? But um, you know the car that Sue drives, like oh, that yeah. Honda People Carrier. Yeah, I was like, because I, I was like needed to buy a car like last year, and I was like, I want Sue's car so much, <laughs> but unfortunately, you can't buy one in the UK. You'd have to oh, get it imported. It but no. I was like, oh man, I just I want Sue's like People Carrier um, <laughs> in white. But yeah, in white. <laughs> Yeah, wow, what a fantastic Ooh. set of matches to have as your shortlist. And um, if you could pick one star, I know um, it's so difficult, but uh, who's your favourite? I'm going to go with John Silver. Um, oh, Johnny Hungy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, um, I, well, my friend's birthday was back in January. Um, and I thought, what kind of game? Because he's, he's a bit of a geek like me. He likes gaming, wrestling, that sort of thing. And yeah. um, he, he's like a big John Silver fan too. So I got a cameo from John Silver. And it was like, I don't know, it was like three minutes and he was just brilliant on it, you know, like hilarious, really good, just chatting away. It's like fantastic. And just, you know, he's great on BTE, especially the with him and Brody and the, uh, you know, like, yeah, yeah. they were just fun. Well, I think they got more over on BTE than anybody's been on BTE for a long time because the Dark Order, you know, wouldn't weren't you know even with Brody, I, I think if you'd have just watched Dynamite, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have got the same essence of when when they were on BT because BT was just all the dumb, funny stuff. Everybody corpsing that John John Silver just doing saying the stupidest things, <laughs> going mad at him for things and 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 and. But when you see him in the ring, like him with Alex Reynolds, they're a damn good tag team. Again, they got great. yeah great great tandem moves. Um, they work really well together. You can tell they've been wrestling together for a long time. But him on his own, you know, he does like the so explosive when he gets in the ring and he just does, you know, for I know he's like built, but he's, he's not massive, is he, in terms of height wise? But he, you can tell he doesn't need it. He's got, um, he's got like the, his arms are huge and he does <laughs> like the, he does like the, um, sort of like almost like the F5, where he, he can get him, you know, he can get him spinning. Um, pretty damn good, you know. Probably as good as uh, Lance Archer or um, Miro, maybe, because he's just got such explosive power. Um, and yeah, just everything about him—he's got everything, you know, the, the skills, the comedy. Um, yeah. yeah, he's just just like a a, a a funny, great wrestling guy. Yeah, I, I love him as well. He's one of my favorites, and um, I actually love the fact that he is a bit smaller. Because um, I like you know the fact you know the fact is he wouldn't be on WWE TV like there's no way somebody like John Silver would ever be on WWE TV yeah and um, so that's one thing that I love about it is the fact that just 
it's, it's just the fact that he even has the opportunity to like get the chance of getting over uh, as a new thing, you know, which is an AEW thing. Yeah. But also, um, like you say, he got over in a pandemic basically due to like the internet, like seeing him as a person and yeah. how funny he is. Um, and obviously Brody helped him, but you know, it's him, like that came from him. Like that was just him being him. Uh, and I love that. I love that so much. And as I think I said it on one of the earlier podcasts, I will not be satisfied until he's like AEW champion. Like I, I want him to be AEW champion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I, and I think he will be one day. Like I think he'll be some sort of like like just ridiculous gimmick. Oh, but, definitely. But yeah. People just love him so much. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And like and his finisher's freaking amazing. That's that's see that spinning slam thing you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like like the fact that he's shorter. I think adds to it because you're like, how the how? The, well, he sort of he how does is that his legs possible? as well. He sort of like he sort of like yeah, gets some spinning and he pumps up on his legs so they're like going yeah. even higher. It's that's insane. I've, yeah. The first time I saw that, I legitimately like was like short of breath watching it. I was like, how did how did you do that? How <laughs> did you do it? I don't even know how he did it. Um, yeah, love John Silver. What a great shout! What a great and unusual shout on uh, best star in AEW. Um. Awesome. So um, my next question is about uh, 2020 and uh, the fact that it was such an odd and unique time. And um, one of the things I noticed, and actually one of my motivations for doing this at this time, was I saw a lot of people on Twitter basically saying, like, AEW really helped them through quite a tough time in the last year or so. Mm. Um, And I'm asking people... Like about their own personal like um, experience of that, and everyone's obviously going to have an, their own view in a pandemic and an experience of it. But yeah, could you say a few words just about how has it been like being an AEW fan in twenty twenty and like that very very difficult time that we've we've been through? Yeah, well, twenty twenty was odd um, with the pandemic for me because um, I probably personally it actually things improved for me oddly. Um, oh really? Because yeah, because I used to work in an office, which was a good forty-five minute drive. Um, mm. So I was having to do like an hour and a half drive in a day, if, you know, if I was lucky based on traffic. Um, and what happened was they ended up deciding, you know, I think March, end of March last year is when they decided, right, office is closed, everybody go work from home. Which yeah. is, I'm in a privileged position, which I, I can do that luckily. So I know a lot of people can't. And yeah. then the lease from our office came up, um, I think it was September last year, and they just said, oh, we're not going to bother renewing it. So you're all home workers now. So I've got a, an hour and a half minimum, you know, more time. So I'm not having to get up early in the morning. I'm not having to, you know, go to bed as, late on, as early on the night. So it's uh, it actually, it was quite good for me in terms of that. And yeah. it allowed me to get a dog, because I've never been able to get a dog. I've always wanted a dog. Um, and... Now I work from home. I, yeah, I'm I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not. I, I'd never get a dog. So I, I'd never leave a dog at home. But you know, um, now you know, I got a dog. Go out and walk it. It's great. I can walk my daughter to school and pick her up. So you know, I've got a lot more time, which is good, and obviously a lot more time to watch wrestling, <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> which is pretty good as well. So um, yeah, with AEW, obviously, you you know, we've got Dynamite, um, but then you've got uh, Dark and now Elevation. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm a bit of a, I'll watch all of it, you know, I'll watch, yeah. 
uh, which is and it's quite good because because as 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 I work, I've got a TV next to me, so I can mm-hmm. just put them put them on the TV and watch them like as I'm working. Yeah, uh, which is quite good. So um, so yeah, definitely, I've I've more time to fill, and it's been good for that to fill my time. Yeah, um, which has been really uh, good. And the other thing as well is that. Uh, you know, there's been no crowd, so by rise, mm-hmm. any wrestling promotion could have just gone. Well, we're just going to basically coast. We're going to coast for you know until crowds are up because there's no point spending money, bringing out big debuts, you know, putting on gimmick matches because there's nobody there to really appreciate it. And and that. and but AEW didn't. AEW literally as the pandemic started. Here's Matt Hardy. Here's Brody Lee. You yeah. know, what I mean, here's here's Stadium Stampede. Here's you know, and they came up with such innovative ideas, and it was just it's it just like you know, like a few people have said previously, it's just a release. You just get that buzz of watching these these matches and this stuff happening, and you just it, it, and it just makes yeah, it just entertains you, and that's what it should be. You know, wrestling should be entertainment. It's for me, I always say wrestling for me is like variety. It should have everything. It's you know, it should. It should be singing. It should be dancing. It should be yeah. soap opera. It's, it's, and that's what AW is. It's got everything in it for me. Um, and there's very few things in it where I actually go, oh, I didn't like that. <laughs> you know, yeah. probably should be more critical. Maybe. Well, uh, actually, there was something this week, and I don't want to obviously get down, but there was something where I'm like, oh, I felt that was a bit rubbish, which was yeah. Andrade. Yes. Coming out, and I was just like. You know, and I know we're trying to keep it positive, so that won't yeah, like yeah. No, bash that's, it too that's much. Okay. No, that's but, okay. I mean, it was like, first of all, it was during Mark Henry's segment, and, it, <laughs> and I feel like they've done that before, where they brought out Big Show or they brought out Christian Cage, and somebody interrupts, and it seems to be a common thing. And I'm like, oh, just let them have a segment, and then, and then, yeah. I, you know, I have nothing against Vicky Guerrero, but I don't see that pairing for me. It doesn't gel. Yeah. Um, he, him coming out with, you know, on his own, or you know, maybe not interfering in a match, but just coming out and just doing something else would have probably made more sense yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, by and large, there's probably things, and I, I you know, I go, oh, this is brilliant, and I go listen to what 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 culture and uh, Cedric and Amphlet will be pulling it. <laughs> Look, I'm more like Wilborn. I'm like Wilborn's more, I would say. Uh, then if the word optimistic is right, but he, yeah. he seems to be easily more easily pleased than um, than uh, of, than Sidgwick and uh, and Hamflar. Yeah, one of life's great natural enthusiasts. I, th- I think we probably have yeah. that in common, you and I, to be honest. Yeah. But I mean, for for what it's worth, um, I also thought Andrade's debut, although I was super excited when I saw him come out, I thought the way they did it was just really strange. But mm. the one thing I did think afterwards was. There have been times, actually, there have been quite numerous occasions in the past where they've got things wrong and they actually have like listened like yeah. to the criticism and then changed stuff. Yeah. So I think that's the one thing I always hold out hope. Like when they do mess up, I always feel like AEW are a lot more likely to correct it or be able to respond to it. Yeah. Because they are just more willing, just more willing to accept when they get stuff wrong. I yeah. Think that's yeah. The bottom definitely. Line. There's been a lot of times with like Dark Order originally, even though I, I actually didn't really like them. I, I sorry, I yeah. didn't really dislike them originally. I thought mm. it was a good aesthetic mm-hmm. with uh, Uno and Grayson with the creepers. I thought it looked quite good and they were quite mm-hmm. good. But mm-hmm. you know, 
But they went, well, okay, this obviously isn't working. We'll take them off. We'll start doing the vignettes on, um, you know, like join the dark order with the, the thing, that, that guy doing this, the speeches and people, you know, yeah. like, and, and then after that, and then the website and, and the build up, the Nava dark orders, possibly one of the top factions in there. What, babyface um, faction in AEW? Yeah, yeah. And then what else? Tra- of the, the um, was it the Nightmare family? Was that what they're called? Yeah. The and Nightmare Collective. I think collective, was. that was it. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, that wasn't working. And then yeah. they, they, they pulled the plug and, you yeah. know, but they did it well because the, I don't know if you remember, it was when um, Cody was doing the MGF thing with the lashes, wasn't it? Brandy just came down. It was like, that's a good reason for that to not carry on because she's now thinking, I'm more worried about my husband than I am about, you know, this. And it's sort of like, yeah. Yeah. But didn't do a stupid weird angle, you know, but just like gracefully (laughs) ended that and then moved on to something else. And yeah, so it it is a case. I think they've they've got a lot of um, good, Good, uh, like, um, good graciousness with yeah, goodwill. Yeah, goodwill. That's it. Exactly, because we're because we're yeah, because exactly, and I think they've earned that. You know, that's like you say, it's that is like currency that they have earned that they've built up over time. So Mm. I think um, I've got I've got a feeling about Andrade. I think Andrade is going to be a big big signing for AEW. Um, but I yeah, well, it will be really really interesting to see where he is in a year from now and who's with him and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah, I was I was surprised actually because when he turned up, I didn't think he'd be signed. I thought it'd be like because obviously he's doing the Triple R um, yeah. title with Kenny. I thought he'd just be a part of that. But then yeah. when he was when he was signed, I'm like, oh wow, he's signed. So feels to me feels to me like they made a breakthrough. Like, and I also think that might have been the reason that he debuted at this weird time. It feels to me like they've they've been in negotiations and then they've had a breakthrough. Yeah. And then they've been like, oh, actually, we can still do the Triple A Championship match. Oh, but we'll debut in you now. You know, that's it sort of feels like that. Something's become unblocked suddenly is what it's felt like to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, um, the final question. Um, what is your single biggest takeaway moment like from AEW so far, so it could be like a crowd reaction or like an emotional thing for you that you've seen, or a great move, or a great just like moment of storytelling. Like, what's the moment? I, I'm going to so so many, but I'm gonna, which, which stands out for you? I'm going to go for something that I think a lot of people are down on, but I'm really high on it, which is the QT Marshall Factory Stable, because yeah. I think that was it was just done so well. Like, mm-hmm. like, especially because I didn't realize at the time when Lee Johnson won and he was thanking everybody that, it's, that he didn't thank QT Marshall. I don't know if you've seen the clip. Yeah, and then QT's yeah. face drops and then it's all in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Subtle yeah. as anything. And you're like, oh, well, that's clever. And then, yeah. and then you've got this stable. That kept, I mean, first of all, the turn was brilliant. Because Cootie had sort of been a bit miserable and you were like, oh, he's just going to end up getting kicked out and, 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 and the fallout with Cutie. But it was like a, it was a brilliant turn. And then you've got Nick Camarotto. So you've got this big guy and he looks, he looks immense. You know, he, mm-hmm. you can tell he's going to have some big beefy matches going forward. You got um, Aaron Solo. So he's got, you, you know, you've got a bit of speed high flying. Mm-hmm. Um, then you've got um, Anthony Agogu, who's yeah. sort of like the, 
like the dark horse anyway, because he's obviously not mm-hmm. a really a proven wrestler. Yeah. Um, and they've just done so well with him in terms of like building his character and building his, you know, his yeah. lethal punching ability. Um, Absolutely. And it's just one of those things that like, and I think it got buried a little bit because that sort of happened on the same night that MGF and the pinnacle happened. And I just felt like it was, you got, a, it sounds a bit weird, but I thought you got, like you got the a good storyline or almost a better storyline because the MGF thing had sort mm. of been you knew it was going to happen in a way with MGF. Yeah. What they did was brilliant because yeah. I don't think I didn't think it was going to be uh, him joining Tully and Sean Spears and and, and FDR, but you knew mm. something was going to happen with MGF. Whereas yeah. this sort of came completely out of nowhere, but it had been subtly built, which was really clever. Yeah. Um, and just yeah, you you look now and like going forward. You've got, you know, a, a, a great stable with sort of four guys and QT can go. If you if you ever see him in the ring, he's you know, he's got some skill definitely. Okay. So uh, you've got these four guys who who are completely different styles. And yeah, you can just see the you can see them going on a feud with other people. You know, it'd be great if it'd be like Team Taz or because yeah. there's just so many, you know, like different people to confuse with. And I just I just thought how it was built, the people you got out of it. Um, just, just, it, just really great how they did it, and and sort of an exceptional angle that came from nowhere, you know. Yeah. And I just, I just really, I thought this is what AEW is great at: is just yeah. pulling something out and nothing and making it like, oh wow, I never even thought, and never even, and then you're just blown away every time that you know something comes further from it. Yeah, that's a great shout, man. I, I really like the factory. Um, and uh, like you say, they kind of just kind of appeared, you know, sort of emerged as this faction. Um, Anthony Gogo, I think they've presented the Gogo like amazingly. Mm. Like, and I was, you know, I was like slightly disappointed, like with the reaction, like Cody versus the Gogo got. Um, crowd were a bit flat, or it felt like that. Yeah, um, I don't know if that was. I, yeah, there's been a lot yeah, of buzz about Cody out there, and yeah. So, so to me, like when I was watching that match. Like which I did, which I did, you know, like you know, I, I watched it, and I was watching that match, going, "What an amazing performance from a Gogo!" Like, like, yeah. ev- like everything he did, I was like, "What? What? what? Like, whoa! <laughs> like, amazing!" And then I was a little bit disappointed when I like Cody slightly no sold the finisher. That pissed me off a little bit. Yeah, but I, but I still think like that as a faction, they're an awesome faction. Like, I love the fact that they're just like these pissed off. Like guys that are like really capable of just like banded together because they train together. It yeah. feels like quite an organic, like viable, like you know, believable thing to happen. Yeah. And do, do you ever do you see the duality with them, them and Team Taz? Because like, I, I just I just I could see them and Team Taz having a a good old feud, just because you've got again similar like mirroring, you know, like um, yeah, stars of wrestling. Obviously, I, yeah. I don't think Taz is going to get in the ring anytime soon, but uh, you know, the other guys. You know, Camarota yeah. versus like Will Hobbs or Cage, yeah, would be phenomenal. I um, mean, I, 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 Starks in anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ricky Starks, just put him, just let him speak for half an hour, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, Team Taz as well. Good God, I could do like half an hour on how much I love Team Taz, but um, yeah. I'm just I'm counting down the days for like like Hook's debut. Like, I'm just so excited. Like every time I see Hook, I'm like, oh my god! Like, can you debut, please? And like, like I just want to brooding see you. menace, isn't he? Oh, Jesus. Well, they, they did a promo on the. I think 
I think it was on Dynamite, but it might have been on like a darker elevation where yeah. um, he was just staring at Brian Cage. <laughs> and it was a bit like they'd done one before with Ricky Starks and Brian Cage with Ricky Starks were just smiling all the time. And yeah, just I could watch probably Dynamite if it was just all promos and we're no wrestling sometimes because I'm just like they can they're all just such good talkers and the segments are all really good. It's just just I just have people talking for me sometimes. Absolutely. I was I was listening to um Jericho had uh, Dean Malenko on his podcast recently. Oh yeah. And and uh, he was like talking about some of the people in the roster and Dean Malenko was saying, like, I don't know how Ricky Starks like where he was hiding like for the last 10 years because he's like one of the most talented people like you'd ever seen yeah. and that's like that's Dean, that's a, that's Dean a, Malenko do you know yeah. what I mean like that that's a, that's yeah. a, that's a good uh, recommendation to have in it is, yeah well thank you so much for your time what a pleasure it was to connect with you and talk to you today um well, it's a pleasure and I'll I know, always talk I know, about AW <laughs> and I, I know we're both we're both busy dads uh, so sometimes scheduling is is a bit of a problem but we've managed to make it work in the end yeah yeah it was half term last week so uh <laughs> yeah i was like um i, I could have done it but then ugh, he just she stays up later on half term so uh, i totally understand yeah. any scheduling problem for any parent ever i can completely relate to that so um, but no what a pleasure to meet you mate and um I will uh, get this uh, uploaded and uh, send you the the, um, early version of it. Brilliant. Nice to meet you too.